Well, day after day, time after time, we find ourselves in the midst of chasing something. I, you know, I've mentioned that before, and we just we talked about it. But it's part two today. Mm-hmm. Part two, chasing the wind, and what Ecclesiastes has to say about that. Well, you're here with Steve and Eddie, and I'm so glad that you're uh, you've joined us today. We're going to be digging into King Solomon and the things that he has just wrung, wrung his hands with and, and debated over and worked through and challenged himself with and uh, came up with some things at the end. So uh, we're going to be talking about that shortly. But Eddie, it's good to be with you here today. You too, Steve. It's really good to uh, have you in the house. And uh, it's, uh, it's a good day to be alive. I'm not kidding you. I don't care if it's 59 degrees and stormy, a little rainy. Mm-hmm. It's a good day to be alive because uh, when we're found in the Lord, we get a chance to do His work no matter what the scene is. Yeah. So I Amen. just uh, am glorifying Him, praising Him in the midst of any kind of storm. And so uh, I hope that that finds you uh, the same way today. Well, and, you know, and like I said, we mourn the loss of our good friend Henry Bobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, sad thing. It was a, I tell you, it's one of the best blessings that ever happened to Sullivan when Henry Bobe moved right. to town. You um, know, I was, that's amazing, the people that he helped. Yeah. I, 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 I look at, I thought about him, I've been thinking about him, and I, th- I think I'd like to recognize him as a big brother to some, and a dad to oh, the exactly. community. He was to a lot of kids. A lot he, of he was a dad to a community. Oh, I, he was. That's um, a good point. Many people in the, uh, the... Many kids, in fact, my own, one of my own, um, worked for Henry and uh, at, uh, at Bob's Pizza, um, uh, Italian restaurant. And um, we would see time and time again his giving spirit and uh, just how he, he didn't hesitate. Um, he, if you were in need, yeah. he was uh, willing to to lend a hand or see what he could do to to reach out to see what he could do for you. Yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic thing. What a spirit! And um, I, I'm I completely miss him. I'm saddened. I'm absolutely um, it hit hard. But I also know that there's a celebration in Henry and in his life and. Um, as we do all of this, as we remember him, um, you know, we, we think about uh, these, this very aspect um, of the community figure that he is and was. Rather. As we kind of move into this, this day, as we're thinking about things like this and the end of our lives, and we don't know necessarily when that uh, is going to be. We None of us know exactly when um, our heart will beat its last beat yep. and our breath, our lungs will breathe its last lo- uh, breath. But uh, we do know this, that as we study Lamentations, as we study um, Solomon, as we study these things in which we are putting forth in our day, one thing is consistent, as we've seen throughout the Scriptures, and that is, is that it all comes back to filter towards God. Well, and, and, and he, worth. Solomon is the epitome of modern day of, of showing 
what people do to go at great lengths to fill that God hole in their heart. Yeah. He, he, even though God made him the wisest man <laughs> alive, he Solomon didn't pay attention to him. He went the other direction. He wanted to live apart from God. And we live in a world that we all realize COVID has brought that out that people don't want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. And for the sad part about it, there are some people don't even want God to tell them what to do. Right. Well, see, that seeps in, right? That's that's <laughs> where my end. This is where this is where the struggle becomes uh, transparent in your in your life, or it becomes it hits the road, right? The rubber hits the road. You have to decide that the struggle that you're working through right now, this heart issue, this soul issue, this process that you're going through, and you think that you're right in this conflict what has happened and I've seen it in a lot of people that they have got stuck in the muck and they've got stuck in the understanding or the the thinking that what I've poured in from what I believe is right I've heard different sights and different thoughts and different things but now I've decided right so when we do that we wonder if we we uh, uh, as we move forward, now we've set ourselves in the concrete. Now we're going forward, and the objective—we—we—it's we, hard to look at things objectively. That's what I was going to say, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, this lack of wanting to work along with other people and being in unity, even within the body—and that's what has been such a disgrace—that that this is tearing the church apart. Yeah. And you're, and I've seen that people are not staying obedient to the to the Lord. They're they're not they're not seeking to love first. They're choosing their way. They want their way. So I'm sorry for kind of just no. That's that's a, that just leads into this that we find in Solomon uh, the perfect example of of somebody that. He had the most power on earth. He had the most money in that sense. Uh, David had set him up. The treasury was his. He didn't have to worry about war. They had peace for 40 years. And that's why David couldn't build the temple because he had blood on his hands. But Solomon didn't have any blood. Mm -hmm. Boy, he sure cut a wide swath (laughs) looking for uh, satisfaction in life. And down at the end, he tried all these things. And at the end, nothing. It's vanity. It's like chasing the wind, you know. Um, the book of Ecclesiastes is a story of a life struggle lived out loud because he journaled. He wrote it down. The teacher is speaking as if he doesn't believe in the goodness of God. And, that, and you know, and that's, that's, just, that's just what happened. And, it, and a lot of us live lives, you know, we use that clip out of Groundhog Day. I've used that a lot, but it makes so much sense. that mm-hmm. that's, what, that's how people see life. Yeah, it's just another day. And... Of course, in, in jest and in sarcasm, we say, yeah, just another day in paradise, you know. Mm-hmm. And going through the same motions and doing it's monotonous. It gets monotonous. But, you know, and I've said this, and I have to keep telling myself that. For a bona fide follower of Christ, life should never be monotonous. Right. That's right. We God sets these windows of opportunity, divine appointments up every day, to get us into the lives of others that need the touch of Christ. And we should see that as the adventure. And, you know, we talk about putting on the armor of God before we get out of bed. But as well, we should pray, Lord, 
make me ready. Give me the words to say to the people that I come in contact with today that I will be you to them. That that is, you know, that, that, that's the whole point. But we do. Uh, people don't see joy. People don't. I mean, and, and marriages are in trouble. Some of them. Uh, instead of trying to work them out and sometimes admit we're wrong and have to ask for forgiveness on and on, we get, like you said, we puff up. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, you know, I heard something this last week that I'd never thought about. And don't get me wrong, America's the greatest country in the world, as far as I'm concerned, only because God has blessed it. But there are some people within the context of the kingdom that are more American than they are followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, that's, and that's a, it's such a... And, it, and there's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. you, we got to know where our priorities and our loyalties lie. Mm-hmm. Our loyalties lie with Christ above the Constitution of the United States of America. Right, right. Even though the Founding Fathers were deists, right. God was in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. They don't mention Jesus, but they use God as a generic term. But nonetheless, that's my allegiance is, is to the Word of God and Jesus. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. And my priorities in life should be formed from that mindset and not this other mindset that <laughs> right. people have adopted adapted in their life. Right. And that's when they puff up and say, You're not gonna tell me what to do. Right. I'm free. I'm exactly free. Right. I'm gonna do this. And see what, what the problem is is that Satan tricks us and instead of um, looking for obedience for God with God um, he tricks us in thinking that all of the things that we're going to choose from our freedom, well, I'm, I'm free in Christ, so that means I'm free in this, you know, this world to do anything and whatever. Um, we miss the aspect of this obedience to the Father. Yeah, we are free in Christ, but that well, is a huge responsibility. You remember Jesus' answer when they come to him, man, Caesar's taxing us, we're not paying it, we're right. not going to do it. And Jesus said, no. You pay Caesars what is Caesars. That's right. You pay your taxes because that is the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to be good citizens. Now, if it goes against the teachings of Christ, that's a whole different story to me. Yeah. If 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 they made a law that, uh, well, I don't know. I'm going to go down that road, but I'm just trying to think of an example that they right. make a law it, that would take us against, like, if it, it was, let's say that it was illegal to read a Bible in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a problem, big, nope. huge problem. Yeah. That that kind of stuff's what I'm talking right. about. You know, and you talked about Satan. Here, here's four lies that the world without God tells us about life. And the first one of this, laugh and the world laughs with you, cry and you cry alone. Uh, the opposite's true, actually. M- people are more apt to empathize if there's a tragedy than when you've been successful or God has really blessed you. They don't, they're not happy for you. I'm always happy for people that succeed and excel and, and get the things that their hearts desire. I'm always happy. A lot of people, they're jealous. They, they're not going to go down that road. The second one is this. Every day in every way, our world is getting better and better. You would have to be divorced from completely from reality to believe that. It's not getting better. Watch the news. Whatever. You see all those poor people down there, right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever mm-hmm. side of the debate you fall on, but those people that's streaming into this country are suffering. I don't care how you look at it. You just have to look at the reality. Is the world getting better? It's sure not getting better down there. Right. It's just not. It's just, um, 
it, it's an illusion. Here's another one. There's a light at the end of every tunnel, and not a lot of times you don't find the light, but a mistier fog. And then the last one is things never are as bad as they seem. So dream, dream, dream. It's good to be positive. And a lot of times they aren't as bad as they seem if you really get to digging into it. But you can't dream your way out of that. <laughs> yeah. You have to have faith in Christ and pray your way out as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There's a lot of circumstances we're in. We need the Holy Spirit to deal with it because we cannot do it on our own. And this is what Solomon was trying to do. He was trying to live without God. That's just exactly why evidently he, he got so arrogant or... You know, this message next week is, if it feels good, just do it. He got completely into hedonism. He was a narcissist. It, it, everything was about him. About And man, how many people in our world, that's how they see their reality. That the world revolves around them. Right. That they know everything. That they have all the answers, you know. Uh, and then one thing about it, Solomon tells the truth about existence. Unlike those who perpetuate delusions about life, and often tell us only and only give us false hope, Solomon gives us the straight facts. Whether you like it or not, he puts her out there, and then you, you have to either absorb it or uh, turn your head and, or, or not listen. Basic premise in verses 1 through 3, he, he says he's the preacher, the son of David, and then he starts out with, like this, Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. All this life that he absorbed, all the pleasures that he experienced, he found out without God they, they add up to zero. They're empty. They're absolutely nothing. And he talks about there's no value, no power that gives true satisfaction under the sun as right. he lives life. Right. Only God can do that. And he gets to that later in this journal. But he talks about things being, you know, meaningless. Man, a lot of things that we invest in in life at the time, weren't, we don't see them as meaningless. We see them a lot of times as uh, something that will give us pleasure, give us satisfaction, you know. Um, but then he, he talks about life being futile. You know, it's like James, uh, he said in uh, 4.14, what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We can't grasp how short our lifespan is on the whole concept of time and space and eternity. A nanosecond's not even close to what our, we're just a blip, boom, right. yeah, that's it. You're just a blip on the radar, so to speak, of life. But um, and then he goes in, he gives four examples of futility. He talks about the passing of generations. Uh, the cycle goes, you're born, you die. People are born, they die. You walk through the cemetery out here and you see all those names and dates. They born, they die. Do they remember them? Probably not. It's just the way that it is, but God remembers us. Then he talks about the cycles of nature. The rain, water flows to the sea, sea never fills up, evaporates back up into the heavens and comes down again. It's a continual cycle. So it doesn't have any meaning, actually. The curiosity of man about knowing and having all this knowledge, you know, uh, and we still want more. We never know enough. And then the last one was the absence of something new. He said, there's nothing completely new under the sun. What has been done is that there will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. That's it. There's nothing new. We can't. Man wants to. He can't come up with anything new that's not already been thought of again. 
and then he goes into talking about the searcher uh, and his pursuits over and he, he was king over Israel he determined to seek and explore by wisdom concerning all that has been done under heaven now that's a pretty big task when you try <laughs> all that's been done under heaven my right. goodness gracious he goes back you know he talks about the the the, the hindrance of man as he explores and he says verse 13 Ecclesiastes 1, a grievous task which God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. All the works which have been done under the sun are vanity and striving after the wind. <laughs> All of history, when you dissect God from that, adds up to zero. So, and then I, I ended up, we ended up talking about some practical ramifications for us. The first one is this. If there's nothing but nothing under the sun, our only home hope must be above it. Just as we are born for the need to satiate our hunger, so we have an innate need to find purpose and value in life. And we'll, you'll never find it apart from God. Mm -hmm. God is the only one that came, comes in with the power of the Holy Spirit, fills that God hole with Him, and we have a purpose forever. It's just not a purpose here. It's a purpose forever right. that will last forever. world can't offer that. Mm -hmm. Just like the, the church is the only organization, living orga organism in the world that can offer grace on tap. You can't find grace anywhere else. They might appear to give, but it's not, not like the grace of God, unmerited favor. Right. You know, so... Uh, we have to look from earth to heaven, from man to God, from ourselves to Christ. Only above the sun does hope shine eternal. That's where hope has, our hope has to come from. And then second, second uh, observation, if a man who had everything invested, investigated, everything visible, and found nothing of value, then the one thing he needed must have been invisible. And that's the point, that the visible world was created to direct us to the one who desires to abundantly satisfy our thirst for contentment the invisible God and Jesus Christ our Lord and then I went into Matthew 6 25 through 34 where Jesus said so I tell you don't worry about it in everyday life whether you have enough food drink and clothes and then he goes on to say that God will take care of us and then the last passage was John 4 13 and 14 Jesus replied, People soon become thirsty again after drinking this water, but the water I give them takes away thirst altogether. It becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. And that's where he was with, at the woman, with the woman of Samaria, was drawing water, and he used that for an illustration. When we drink of spiritual water that Christ gives us, we won't get thirsty again, and that's the sadness in the world. People are dying of thirst trying to satisfy what only God can satisfy mm -hmm. so and then we he starts getting into his stuff <laughs> this next week in chapter 2 title this message is if it feels good just do it and boy does that hit us on the on the head can you imagine what your life would be like if you allowed your feelings and emotion to run it to rule it every day mm -hmm. how many people get up and go to work now I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like going to 
I don't feel like it today. Right. Feelings are neither good nor bad. They're just there. Right. You know, I think that's something to ponder. I had a pastor, Dave Lakins, tell me that. That's what he said. He said, you got to remember that. Feelings are neither good nor bad. They're just there. And I, it took me a while to process that in my mind. Well, and, and we actually sang about that on Sunday, uh, this last Sunday. We sang a song, uh, Christ Be Magnified. Yeah, and, exactly. And in that yeah, the process, music was really... um, we really... We really hit that area where um, in that that awesome, awesome song that was written um, by Barnes. This, I'm going to bring it up here. Josiah did a good job. Oh, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, Josie did. He did a good job. I'm very proud of him. Um, here it says, I won't bow down to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. Right? And so, uh, and, and then it says, if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Amen. Amen. The, the, the crazy thing about life, uh, as we see it, we're like, well, I want to accept Jesus. And I want that freedom. I want that free from guilt. And I want that, uh, the fullness. And then when it comes to the fact of later on, it's like, well, I still have feelings. What do I do with them? Well, I, I just won't be formed by them. I won't be swayed by them. Right? If I, if I would, I, I'd get myself in so much trouble, in so much depression, so much um, sin, if I just would do it by feelings, then, then I wouldn't it's be exactly obedient right. Right? Oh, to the cross. Diane told me this. That Billy Graham said, uh, feelings aren't reliable to test the truth. Because, mm-hmm. man, we... So much else enter, emotion, everything enters in that. You can't test the truth by how you feel. Right. Yeah, in fact, I think I used that in the message. Yeah, maybe you message. did. I, I think, think you I, did. Maybe, I, uh, I, I maybe that's that. where I heard it. Well, but anyhow, I knew it was you. God, God, was, <laughs> God is amazing in the process of, of allowing our fullness of who he's created us to be to come forth. We have feelings. We're gonna be, they're going to be used. But how are they then adjusted under his care and under his will, right? That's the thing. We're not swayed. We're not formed by them. And so it, it, that's, that's very good. And it actually goes back to last week where you talked about and what we just shared yeah. about chasing the wind and all these different aspects of what you know, we lament, right? It is lament in, his, in this Ecclesiastics where he journals all of this. He's lamenting his life. He's yeah, he's he, yeah, he's bummed out about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I mean, if you were to take it and look at that, if you're a depressed person and you're like, well, I yeah, I don't have any, is. I don't have any hope. You know, I don't. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, yeah, there is some, That's the point. And that, and that's what you brought out at the end there. Go, well, keep going. Yeah, and then and he gets into hedonism. It's been around for centuries, and that he was a card carrying member. <laughs> he's a hedonist to the, to the whatever he felt like doing. He just did it because he had the power and the money. Oh, and the prestige at all was around him. Uh, as the king of Israel, Solomon had the greatest political clout in the nation and ready access to whatever he desired. He took advantage of that, actually. actually. But it's amazing, after he did all that educational advancement and, and experiential exploration into all of his senses, he still found out all his vanity and it's striving after when. Just like you said, he comes at the end of his life and said, God, I have wasted all this time. <laughs> I've wasted all these resources 
in uh, like the prodigal son, reckless living, wild living. You know, that's the whole point. But just like I, I, I think, I don't know this to be a fact, but I, it won't surprise me to see Solomon in heaven. He won't well, surprise me at all because <laughs> he come to his senses at the end, mm. you know. Um, after stating his general conclusion about life without God, Solomon goes on to describe the specific trails he explored that led him to declare the futility of existence. He sort you know, he explored, I said of laughter, it is madness and of pleasure. What does it accomplish? But the, but the, but the, the fact is, I, I like to laugh, and that's a he. That's what he brought, you know. I don't. I suppose they had clowns and all kinds of stuff in in his day, but whoever could make him laugh, he brought him in to do that. One avenue Solomon tried was laughter. Perhaps he called in a steady stream of court jesters, clowns, and assorted comedians. He, he maybe he tried to just look at things from the funny side of life, but he found out that. You know, it, that wasn't it. Then he tried houses, plants, parks, and pools. He built all these things. Then he brought in slaves and animals, singers and wives. And with this onslaught of a thousand women that came into his court, they brought their gods with them. That was mm. part of his downfall. They brought in idols. Yeah. Something apart than Jehovah God. And that's and then in 9 and 10, he, he talks about the good life. I became great and increased more than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. My wisdom, this is 9 and 10, my wisdom also, chapter 2, my wisdom also stood by me. To this, he adds, all that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all my labor, and this was my reward for all my labor. <laughs> Unbelievable. It, it, it's, you know, and I think it's time for us to face the truth as he did. Then in 2.11, he says, Thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done and the labor which I had exerted. And behold, all was vanity and striving after wind, and there was no profit under the sun. He found that sensual pleasures make promises that lack staying power. Sensual pleasures often open our eyes offer to open our eyes, but in reality, they blind us. Last year in America, the CDC said there were 2,554,908 cases of STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, mm. and that's the only ones that were treated and reported. That is what he's talking about, what the sensual pleasure can right. get us in, getting somebody pregnant, right. and you, you have an unwanted baby that you have to deal with and infidelity just wrecks families and churches and on and on and on and that's the third thing sensual pleasures sensual pleasures disillusion us making us cover up artists and we turn into liars <laughs> good feelings that don't last blindness is what's important and acting out a lie are these worthwhile results for living a hedonistic lifestyle? Certainly not, but they are all a person will ever have to show for chasing the wind. Mm. Well, that's a sad footnote there at the last. 
you know, is pleasure good for us? No, it's a gift to God. That's why it has to be used right. And, and he... Slowly it dawns on a man that this is really a book of profound optimism. I know of nothing better, Solomon said in 3.22. Here's what I have seen. It is good and fitting. Chapter 5. So I commanded joy, 8.15. Go out and eat your bread with joy. He goes back to pointing us back to God and saying, if we are in God, if we are in Christ, God will allow us to have pleasure but it'll be guilt-free. Right. Guilt-free. Right. No guilt. That's right. The Absolutely. Holy Spirit won't be hounding you. He'll be applauding you to a degree. You know, when we're talking uh, about this last message and then the message that is to come, I was just listening to you and and thinking through the differences between David and Solomon. David was... Uh, a king or a man um, that had started when he was young by spending time with the Father, with God. He spent time. He loved the, that personal one-on-one -on -one time. That psalm, that he was a psalmist, right? He would he would sing songs of of joy to the Lord. He would count upon Him, and yes, he had his failures. Yes, he had blood on his hands. But, but he was a God, man after God's, God's own, heart. own heart. You don't That's read that. that too much about people. <laughs> when, when we read that, we don't read that about Solomon. We just hear that he's the wisest and most wealthiest king that ever lived. The, the fact is that God gave Solomon all that he wanted. And I believe that, that it was done in a way so that we could hear these things from Ecclesiastes, as he journaled them, as he would see that they, their vanity, that that we would see the struggle of David because David was just a man. Yeah, he was king, but he was a man, and he had to grow up as any man would do. And the thing that the key thing is, is that when Jesse came around, he said, no, 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 there's somebody else. What's up? Somebody else is some... I, I don't... These, these aren't the guys. <laughs> It's like, well, I got my, got my shepherd boy David. I mean, he's that. Yeah, bring him. Yeah. And and what the thing is is that that God knew. God knew where David's heart was at. God knew where the things were going to be leading. But he also knew how faithful David would stay, how repentant David would be. Yeah. How how he would 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 just pour back into God through obedience. Yeah. Solomon was was throughout his entire life was seeking stuff and chasing after stuff that was just stuff and not God. The difference. There's a great you know. analogy for people today that, that chased after things in the world to satisfy that need that only God can fulfill. That's kind of the basic premise, you know. So, mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate your bringing uh, this word to us. It's, uh, it's something to literally, we have to go about studying it and and going through it because it's it's so good for us to understand of the uh, uh, the senseless things of life yeah. that we go after that we don't need to be doing. Pastor, can you pray for us? Lord, help us to focus on our priorities and uh, where we where we put our trust and where we find pleasure and satisfaction from. 
I, I thank you for loving us and being so good. And may the wisdom of Solomon, uh, through the power of you, Holy Spirit, seep into our hearts and minds that we kind of get a grip that this world can offer us all kinds of stuff that it's appealing, but it doesn't satisfy like you do. And help us, Jesus, to focus on you. And as we focus on you, you give us the desires of our hearts and you let us have pleasure after pleasure within our own lives. And like I said before, it's guilt-free because it's it's okay with you. So I just pray, God, we pattern our lives after that, that as we listen to uh, Solomon's wisdom, that we might glean some things, the, the do's and the don'ts, and uh, how to live our lives. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray for uh, Henry's family and his friends, Lord, as they mourn that loss. He, uh, we're gonna, he's going to be missed in this place. So we uh, love you and give you praise and glory. And we ask in the name of Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say this too, Steve, that uh, here a few minutes ago, uh, we heard a groaning and grumbling, and I just wanted uh, listeners to know that's not our stomachs, <laughs> that it was our elevator <laughs> rambling on. So yeah. I just, because I don't know what it sounds like when you're... Yeah. Well, you know, we mentioned um, Henry's family. We also need to mention um, Jamie Grimes' um, dad passing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and really be mem- remembering those that are still in the hospital right now, those that are struggling with different things, whether it's COVID or other things. Yeah. But um, really, uh, these that are grieving, and uh, just lift them up and place them into the hands of the Father. Yeah. And, Amen. And uh, continue to connect with one another. So important. Well, anything else before we no I, uh, here? we continue to press oh, on well um, I, I did have you try something this morning I thought I'd bring that up a little bit you've been slurping on it, it seems like it's, it's gone pretty good it's finished it's it gone was, it's from Casey's we're not doing a commercial for Casey's no but, but uh, nonetheless yeah, we're not being sponsored by Casey's. it's a uh, blueberry cobbler coffee it's yeah. very good it's, yeah I, I uh, it changes your mood your whole attitude so <laughs> And go out of here happy right now, Steve, because I got blueberry cobbler coffee. Well, I first the, heard it on WBGL, Jonathan, yeah. in the morning was talking, and, and uh, our very own Courtney uh, Canfield yeah. is a uh, morning host along with uh, John Finn there. And they were talking about blueberry coffee, and I'm like, what are they yammering about yeah. in the summer? You know, and yeah. I was talking about, I'm like, you know what? It's uh, I was in Casey's uh, one day, and uh, I came across it, and I looked up, and I said, well, there's that blueberry cobbler coffee. Yeah. I want to try that. Yeah, I have been stuck to it. That's crazy. It's a limited time uh, out there. I think they're transitioning over to like pumpkin spice and something or other right now. But I just soon they stay with this. Maybe blueberry cobblers out there. So if you guys go drink enough, then maybe they'll hold on to it. <laughs> well, and you know what would make my day oh. is as I exited uh, Crossroads today that I'd see the face of Ohio Valley Gas oh. drive by in his white truck and flash his lights and hold up. A giant, one of the large cups of from Casey's blueberry cobbler coffee. I see. Well, you know what I think what we need to do then today is we need to say goodbye, and then as you as we get up to to leave, I'll just uh, sing a little bit. I've found my trill. Oh, that's not trill. Fast Domino. Blueberry Hill. Yeah, that's good stuff. I appreciate you bringing me that coffee. It's all right. Well, until next week, (laughs) we'll say goodbye. And uh, you know what? Let God lead your way. Amen. Let him him pour into your life. And if you struggled with that and the obedience, find yourself in the Word. Spend 5, 10, 15 minutes with him and just say, Father, I want you to speak to me today. Pick one or two scriptures. Allow the Lord to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. And uh, let the changes begin. 
God bless you guys, and until next week, we'll say goodbye for now. We'll see you. I found my thrill.